Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Natasha Porter, Chief Customer Officer at Benchmark Digital Partners, Jennifer Evans, EHS Program Manager at the Heiko Companies, and Cade Med, Strategic Growth Manager at Benchmark, about how technology is helping businesses with their environment, social, and governance efforts. This episode is sponsored by Benchmark Digital Partners. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Natasha Porter, Chief Customer Officer at Benchmark Digital Partners, Jennifer Evans, EHS Program Manager at the Heiko Companies, and Cade Med, Strategic Growth Manager at Benchmark Digital Partners. Welcome, everybody. Thanks, Jay. Really nice to be here. Yeah, great to have you. Um, So I guess before we get into the specific ESG aspect, um, let's let's get some background. what are some of the latest developments in artificial intelligence and machine learning, and how are they affecting businesses today? Um, Natasha, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I thought, Jay, um, maybe I can kind of provide a little bit of a broader context to on the ESG front and what, what we're seeing um, from that perspective and then tie in the artificial intelligence and machine learning piece as well. Um, So I'll get us uh, kicked off and then I'll have Jennifer and Cage share their thoughts as well. So I think just to provide some background, you know, ESG really stands for environmental, social and governance and ESG and and what we've seen in terms of the development over the past couple of years with this focus area is, uh, you know, group of standards that's used by socially conscious investors to screen different investments that they're making in companies. And the the companies, um, you know, will typically form a cross-functional team of individuals. And we're seeing this with our benchmark um, community of subscribers today, where they will pull together folks from environmental health and safety, or what we'll chat about today is EHS, quality, sustainability, sourcing, finance, HR, there are a large number of folks that typically get involved um, who are responsible for developing and implementing programs, metrics, the whole operating rhythm surrounding these focus areas for ESG. So where we come into play as Benchmark Digital Partners is really providing digital software solutions to support these cross-functional teams that I talked about in helping them manage their day-to-day programs within their respective functions. So if we think about, you know, from an environmental perspective, uh, sites are looking to manage and reduce energy and water usage. So we have software solutions that will help them manage that and then share best practices um, with other sites in their companies on how they're meeting those goals and objectives. On the social side of things, uh, we work with a number of different teams to provide sourcing organizations with tools for auditing suppliers to ensure they have safe working environments um, that they're providing for their employees. And then to round it out on the governance side, that's really all about meeting compliance requirements and providing data transparency. Um, And that, I think, fundamentally is driven out of having a really strong software or digital platform to support that. So what we have um, done is, you know, developed out these software solutions over time, and we have created an overall umbrella or solution called ESG Director 
to help companies roll up critical metrics and information that ties all of this together when they're working on doing ESG reporting for stakeholders, investors, and also the public at large. And so what, what those stakeholders, investors, and public are looking for are companies that are just doing a phenomenal job delivering on the targets and the objectives that they set uh, in the ESG space. So that's a little bit about ESG. Now, I think the other part of the question that you asked is, well, okay, why, why does you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning matter? How can, how can that really impact mm -hmm. and help out in, in this space? And I think this type of technology, if it's applied effectively, can really be a significant game changer. And I think it's from two key perspectives. One is the technology can deliver some um, amazing transparency to real-time actionable insights for decision-making. And I think the second thing it can do is you know, provide uh, significant efficiency and productivity benefits to help functional leaders. Um, and, and that technology really is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And I, I personally saw that um, as a former environmental health and safety leader who was in charge of processing through large volumes of data um, and looking for trends and actionable insights. And what I have personally seen over the past couple of years in terms of the value that artificial intelligence and machine learning can deliver on doing a lot of that heavy lifting has just been really incredible. And I'm I'm looking forward to this discussion to you today because I think you'll hear more about some of those practical examples and, and the benefits that we've seen um, in, in industry today. So in terms of the latest um, developments on the artificial intelligence and machine learning front, I, I think you know all of us have seen uh, a huge push forward in technology as a result of the pandemic. You know, starting with our own personal experiences and the need to connect remotely using Zoom or Teams or some other type of sharing platform all the way through to, you know, significant artificial intelligence and machine learning tech advancements in, in industry. And I had um, an opportunity to lead a panel discussion last month, which was focused on technology supporting worker safety. And I had uh, four really incredible environmental health and safety leaders join me to share their perspectives on what they were doing in their business related to the use of technology and also uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. And one example that really, really stood out to me is a company that has a large amount of overhead equipment in uh, fairly contained areas that was difficult to get to. but based on the compliance requirements, you know, they would have to do ongoing inspections of their various overhead equipment. And traditionally, the way they would manage that is um, setting up scaffolding and having a person, um, you know, use a scaffold, scaffolding to get up to the overhead crane. They would inspect a series of nuts and bolts to make sure they were tightened and aligned properly and complete the rest of the inspection. So they talked about you know, how they could leverage tech in, in driving efficiency, productivity, and reducing risks associated with that activity. So they ended up um, 
doing some visual markers on those nuts and bolts to show the proper tightening uh, alignment. And what they used uh, to do those checks, instead of having to leverage scaffolding, they used drones. And those, the drone technology um, was providing them with a mechanism to do those inspections, eliminating the cost of scaffolding and also the risk of working at heights for employees. So, I mean, that's such a great example of how technology can really be a game changer in this space supporting EHS and ESG. And then as uh, Jennifer and Kate and I were talking earlier this week, I had shared um, another example. I was taking a trip through airport for the first time in, in quite some time. And I noticed that they had replaced um, one of the floor cleaners with a, a robotic, just self-running floor cleaner. Hmm. And it was evident that it was, you know, trained on a specific path and it could sense when people or objects were in front of it and when it needed to stop. And that's another great example of combining technology through robotics with artificial intelligence and machine learning. So I think this is very much what we're seeing and experiencing both from a personal perspective and also an in industry. And I just think we're going to continue to see more and more and more of this, um, which is is truly a game changer. So, Jennifer, I was going to, you know, ask you to comment and share your thoughts. Uh, I know you've you've also seen a pretty big uptick in the application of tech and AI and machine learning personally and in your business. And I'd love to get your feedback there as well. Great. Thanks, Natasha. Um, I thought of another example. You mentioned we were you, your airport example. Um, my parents, you know, they're they're getting older, and um, actually in 2018, they um, purchased, uh, I guess, essentially a robotic lawnmower. Um, and as huge Ohio State fans, his name is Brutus, and um, they they no longer have to mow their yard, um, which is a huge relief to me. You know, it's you know something like I said, they're getting older and it, it keeps them safe. Um, the mower uses, uh, you know, boundary wires and, and AI to, you know, accomplish the task of mowing the yard. So that's just kind of a, another personal example. But um, I also listened to your, uh, the round table you just referenced. And uh, I know I heard a company who was utilizing wearable vests and uh, wasn't able to operate certain equipment if they didn't have the right PPE on. And, and that sort of um, technology just really speaks to me because at HICO, we um, you know, want everyone to go home safe, um, if you know, even in better condition than they came to work if possible. And so we are just on the forefront of looking into some um, potential uh, camera technology and machine learning um, for some of our uh, high-risk operations. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really like what you said, it's about keeping people safe at the end of the day. And, you know, for me, the advancements that I'm seeing are that just on aggregate, more individuals and businesses are coming into the fold and start starting to see the value that AI can provide. So much of our technology has been around for you know decades, but more and more, we're seeing this expanding movement in applying technology in practical applications for ESG. So you know Natasha's drone scenario is a perfect example because in the public public sphere, at least, uh, drones really started off as sort of a leisurely activity, sort of a hobbyist 
sort of uh, uh, activity. But when you apply those, when you apply the technology to to um, practical applications like uh, working at working at height, um, you're almost uh, completely eliminating the risk. So for so so for me, the real advancement in AI is kind of that human component and human element. Great. Well, so explain to me now, how are these developments affecting emerging ESG programs? Uh, what benefits and opportunities are they creating for leaders to expand their operational insights? Um, Natasha, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the um, the real need and, and opportunity and value, I think artificial intelligence and machine learning can provide is just helping teams eliminate a lot of manually intensive processes and support them with quicker and more efficient decision making. And I, I think that's that's really critical because what we're seeing and hearing from our subscriber community, especially now, is you know the pressure to produce faster and more accurate information um, to support the various functions in ESG is very real. And I think with the you know challenges on having um, enough staff to really be able to support those types of activities, that's really where I think technology can be a, a game changer and, and really a huge aid and support for the business teams. And I'll actually give you, you know, another example. We're actively working with a quality team and a company that does manufacturing and, and service work. And they were actually looking for a way to use artificial intelligence and machine learning to replace a really manually intensive quality concern reporting identification process. So what that looked like is you'd have a service technician um, submit a concern report um, and it would be related you know, maybe to a, a missing or a damaged component. And these various reports would come in and they had a couple of people at the quality leadership team level that would review these reports and put a classification to it. So they could define key trends and, and be able to drive the right action with the right departments for follow-up. It was a huge, huge time-consuming um, process. And they came to us and wanted to explore a way to do this type of a classification using artificial intelligence and machine learning. So we went down um, the path of developing a little prototype as a starting point. And it was super exciting because we, we identified right out of the gate this AI tech is probably about 82% accurate. And that was just starting with a couple of classifications as a trial run to see if it could add value. And now we're gonna be taking the next step to expand that out further. So that's one example. Um, we're actually doing a lot more with our subscriber community and some of these emerging development spaces. And Kate, I know you've been front and center on supporting our uh, subscribers with that. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about some of those additional developments. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, AI is really about bringing that right data to the to leaders at the right point of decision making and creating an opportunity for them to expand their understanding of of their operations. So, with our really our first AI advisor, if you will, um, we set out to identify potentially serious incidents 
the idea being that um, while all while injuries happen across the board, uh, only a focused group of those injuries could have uh, could have um, resulted in something more significant, like a hospitalization or even a fatality. So we uh, worked with our subscriber community to develop the uh, potentially serious incident AI advisor or PSI AI advisor. And so now we are uh, providing leadership with a knowledge base of 68,000 examples of situations that have led to serious injuries and or a fatality. And using that AI technology, we are able to analyze um, a business's incident descriptions and match them to similar incidents in our knowledge base that have led to more severe consequences. So this really helps investigators determine if their incident is uh, potentially significant injury or fatality or a PSI. And the, the AI is, is also able to categorize the likely PSIs. So leadership can uh, focus uh, in on the most critical risks, whether it's you know a fall from height, collapsing equipment or falling objects. We have about 14 different categories. And uh, the PSI AI advisor enables those leaders to narrow in that scope of investigation and take uh, a more precise corrective and preventative action. So I, I know Jennifer has some really great stories about this. Um, so she'll she'll share that in a little bit. But the, one other piece of technology I'd like to, to mention uh, before passing it over is um, we're working with uh, various uh, computer vision companies. So essentially um, computer vision is an AI image recognition technology that's able to integrate into an organization's camera system and then analyze that video feed in real time against specific business use cases. So for example, if a business uh, wanted to understand how often forklifts are speeding through a certain area, the computer could be programmed to recognize that situation and feed into a centralized system for leadership to view on aggregate the, and make decisions on um, how to mitigate that risk. So it really can be trained in analyzing uh, various scenarios, but you'd, you'd want to maybe focus it in on uh, uh, forklift scenarios, for example. So the business can truly understand the full operating profile of their forklift. So, you know, how often they're used, how often they speed, um, how often uh, there are near misses or collisions, so they can um, intelligently uh, mitigate the risks involved um, and and not merely re rely on uh, users inputs. So I know um, that users are uh, work, the workforce really wouldn't be able to report every time they saw a, a vehicle speed and this way uh, the leadership can trust that they're getting the full picture of, of what's happening on their site. All right. Um... So tell me, how does this relate to the more traditional EHS impacts and day-to-day -day safety management and record keeping? Um, Jennifer. Thanks, Jay. Um, I think it's important first to note that utilizing artificial intelligence and machine learning isn't necessarily adding another thing to do um, regarding like the day-to-day -day safety management, but rather enhancing your current EHS processes. Um, 
So for those of you who might not be familiar with the Heiko companies, um, we are a very diverse business. Um, Heiko is organized into four different groups, um, and those consist of light manufacturing, heavy manufacturing, we have um, construction group, as well as some metal processing groups. So as you can hear from the, the group uh, profiles that the risks are diverse with those groups as well. So in the middle of last year, um, Heiko joined the benchmark work group to pilot the AI technology to really analyze our incidents and our data and determine if they were um, PSIP, those potentially serious injuries or fatalities. Um, and you know, some, uh, some conditions and, and near misses are more hazardous than others. And so using the AI advisor or the technology, we really wanted to target and get to those critical few pieces of data um, and, and learn from that. So uh, Benchmark took the HICO data, um, looked at over 22,000 data points. Um, there were about 700 um, potential serious incidents identified from data in our injury and illness um, database, uh, our event database, as well as our concern reporting. And this is how we, um, you know, we incorporated the AI technology, looking at all that data and really coming up, up with that 3%, the critical few of what we were gonna target for our risk reduction strategy. Um, as Natasha mentioned earlier, um, you know, 22,000 data points to look at for just me, that would take forever. So to have that AI advisor looking at it and, and being able to generate this data in um, quick time was is very helpful. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, you know, utilizing AI, it's not adding more for us to do. It's it's taking what we were already doing and enhancing it. And uh, we used it in two of our existing processes. Uh, every year we do our uh, continuous improvement plans as well as we have what's called a hazard heat map. So a hazard heat map, um, for those of you who might not be as familiar with that, it's, it's a visual representation of the chance of something happening against the size of the impact on just a grid. You can even divide that further and look at your routine um, tasks and, and your non-routine work as well. So the PSIF data was used to populate those heat maps. Um, it was also an expectation for every company in the HICO business that they needed to incorporate that piece of data and into their continuous, continuous improvement plans for 2021 as well. Um, and I guess I, I just wanna make a note that when you decide to use the, the potentially serious incident advisor, um, you might just really wanna consider what data that you want it to analyze. So for example, um, looking at those four groups that roll up, only one of the four groups utilizes the, um, the safety observation application in the benchmark platform. And so when we looked at our data, we decided to, to eliminate that set of data, the safety observation data, because um, we didn't want it to skew the overall res results for the company. So um, we um, also have not turned on the AI advisor yet for our concern reporting application because um, in our company, 
anyone can turn in a concern, which is great. Um, and we just didn't want them to um, be deterred from submitting concerns if there was something they weren't as familiar yet with that, uh, the, the verbiage of PSIF or anything like that. So um, we, we've held off on that, but um, I'll talk more to that later because I, I believe we will be turning that on in the near future. Um, all right. Uh, I've heard of AI using data in order to make predictions. What does this mean in the health and safety space? Will it help uncover hidden risks or perhaps draw attention to other predictive or leading indicators? Um, Jennifer? That's, yeah, that is a great question. Um, so like I mentioned, the, the hazard heat maps and the continuous improvement plans, they're both really forward-looking items. But to answer your question, you know, what about those items that pop up? kind of in the rear view, if you will. So like a near miss or an injury. Um, it's part of our process, our EHS uh, operations that we host regular incident learning calls uh, throughout our various groups. So in the past, companies discussed um, any injuries that they unfortunately had, you know, had occurred in their business since the last call. Um, however, now that we have used um, the PSIF, those cases are also being presented during the calls. So if a, a company has a near miss and they load it in and the advisor tells them that this could have been a potential incident and here's an incident that exists out in the world, you know, that it, it's matching it to, um, that has the attention of our top leaders. Uh, they expect these PSIF events to be part of those learning calls. Um, they've also been added um, into our weekly toolbox talks or our safe starts. Um, and then if there is one of these near-miss events that, you know, we might update the continuous improvement plan on the spot for this year. So um, I have an example, in fact, um, in April of this year, uh, we had a PSIF near-miss electrical hazard event at one of our facilities. Um, the president and CEO saw the email notification and reiterated that all piece of cases should be given our full attention. He went on to say how electrical hazards exist with even the most common power tool or appliance. So even though our businesses are very diverse and our operations are diverse, there's still those commonalities that exist among our facilities um, that can create actionable insights across our businesses. So using this electrical hazard example, we had a focus that next month on electrical safety. Our safety topic for the month was on electrical safety. Our toolbox talks were on electrical safety. And then we also created a hazard hunt um, in benchmark inspection tool with targeted questions and specific search items for the sites regarding electrical safety. It's a list of practical items that anyone could pick up and go out and look for, you know, XYZ regarding electrical safety. And we specifically listed this piece of case as one of the um, items to be particularly like looking for, being aware of. So, um, you know, safety teams took that hazard hunt and they did just that. They went onto the shop floor, into the offices, Etc., and looked for this known hazard that had occurred at one of our facilities and eliminate that chance of a piece of occurring at any operation in the future. And the value that we had on the, that learning call um, 
the discussion of like a focused action that resulted from this piece of analysis was just so much more rich, like a so much a richer discussion than looking at a stick man that, you know, shows which body parts yeah. someone got injured. Um, it just, you know, the and, and the president of the group where this PCIF occurred noted that incident that as our incidents are reducing, we need to continue to focus on these near miss and PCIFs to get to the root cause, to learn and then eliminate the risks so that near misses don't turn into injuries. So um are these new technologies primarily going to benefit a larger organization that has more resources and a bigger budget, or um, will smaller or mid-sized businesses be able to take advantage as well? I'll, I'll start the discussion on that, and then I'll pass it off to Cade. Um, so as I mentioned, Heiko is a diverse company. Uh, we have some larger facilities, but we also have several smaller sites where the person responsible for safety may also be responsible for HR, security, et cetera. So I think having AI available when they are doing a near miss or incident investigation is really powerful. For example, when they are inputting an injury investigation into Benchmark, they will be asked, was this incident a piece of? They may say no. However, the next option they encounter as they're filling out this investigation is if they want to ask this PCIF AI advisor. Um, they click the button and the advisor may say yes. Um, and then what it does, it also specifically references the known case out in you know, the world where this significant injury or fatality may have occurred. It's kind of like having a safety professional in the room with you being your guide. So. Currently, um, I mentioned uh, Heiko has the AI advisor deployed for incident management. However, in 2022, we are going to expand the advisor to the concern report application as well and just utilize another set of data. Um, we'll take that data and turn it into even more information or actionable insights in 2022. So, Cade, did you want to speak more to that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just love that idea of having a safety professional in your in your pocket, essentially, which can advise you. But um, in terms of, of the question, um, you know, traditionally uh, benchmarks technology features and capabilities are, are driven by sort of our collective business requirements of our subscriber community. And we have approached um, the AI development by uh, bringing together a consortium of early adopters and thought leaders to drive and inform um, our solution capabilities. And, you know, we've really seen a lot of value in this approach because the methodology ensures we're developing from a, a framework of industry standards and best practices, but also um, because we are collaborating, we're able to provide uh, this transformative technology at a, low, a lower barrier of entry. So it's really about um, creating teams and collaborating to ensure that um, we're able to harness uh, this this advanced technology. Um, some folks have a de definite uh, wariness about AI and in the increased automation, uh, both you know in business and personally. Um, what are your thoughts on these concerns and how can any risks associated with increased automation be mitigated? I'll start with that discussion. So our EHS team, we've started discussing how we're exploring um, or interested in exploring some computer vision um, 
you know, we have security cameras, we have some things in place that um, might, we might even be able to tap into what we already have, but uh, we have operations where employees are working um, close to metal wire um, and sometimes light curtains or other standard um, safety protocols can't distinguish between a person and a wire. Um, so we think camera technology would be a huge asset here. Um, and, you know, anytime you record a person doing their job or a task, privacy is definitely a key concern and we need to respect that. Um, so that is why having like a blur out feature on the, the picture capture is imperative, as well as the um, employees knowing that only factual information and not personal video or data is being relayed back to the system. So, you know, information such as where the encounter might have happened with the wire or when um, it, it might have occurred, but not necessarily who, you know, was being represented in that data stream. Yeah, and Jennifer, I can add a couple of thoughts in here too, um, just based on some recent discussions I've had with our subscriber community, I think an additional kind of area of concern that's been raised is thinking about the outputs um, coming out of artificial intelligence and machine learning and, and the accuracy of those outputs. And I, I think over the last you know, couple of years as we've been really working on evaluating and developing and um, looking at different AI technology, what we've learned is you really need to think about artificial intelligence and machine learning being an iterative process and having you know pilots or trials built into your plan up front is really important because you can test the accuracy using various data sets and determine kind of where the base um, starting point is if you will for that ai machine learning technology and is, you know, you really need to think about um, a good starting point for use of uh, AI and machine learning is probably around 70% accuracy when you start and then plan to iterate from there. Um, having an expectation that it's gonna be 100% perfect right out of the gate is really a non-starter with this type of technology and I think was a, an important learning for all of us. Um, and then I think the last tip I would share just as it, as it relates to kind of addressing this concern is have a plan for how you want to handle incorrect information coming out of the AI, AI technology. And really that goes into having a process by which you're going to take feedback and enable that AI machine learning technology to learn and get better. That's how you'll be able to take a 70% accuracy rating and continue increasing it so the outputs improve over time. Yeah, and I'll just I'll be honest here and, and mark myself in that camp of being a little bit wary of, of AI technology, but I think you know it is it is good to uh, have a healthy amount of caution as we advance into this space. But the more I learn about AI, the more I'm understanding that it's it's not a sentient sentient being, but it's, and it's not making decisions for us, but it's it's simply data and statistical analysis. And it's up to the people um, to 
to present that data in a way that's compelling and also interpret that data as well. So, you know, when it comes to the, the PSI AI advisor, you know, it's not, it, it, for me, it's really about taking recondite information out of the hands of intellectuals and putting that information into the hands of people who are making these ongoing decisions that uh, affect our, our workforce and keep them safe. And I think, you know, Heiko has this, an example exemplary program of safety professionals, uh, you know, using the AI to assess for the greatest risk, but then showcasing those risks using real world examples from the PSI knowledge base during those incident learning calls and toolbox talks. So workers themselves can begin recognizing when they're entering a potentially serious situation, you know, whether that's ensuring they're not aimlessly stepping on pallets or um, making sure materials are tied down on the roof, um, that the forklift is completely stopped and off before stepping down. And you know, even, even simply recognizing you're about to climb a ladder and you should have three points of contact so that you're mitigating that risk of a fall. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really about bringing data to people and ultimately EHS leaders need to interpret that information to make, to make a decision. All right. Um, well, I wanted to get your thoughts on what do you see as being the next big trend in AI, machine learning, or just technology in general that will have a direct impact on ESG efforts? I'll start. Um, I think it's important to note that um, it's a journey, not an end point when you are trying to, or, you know, what you're trying to achieve with the AI technology. Um, you want to continually use new advancements in that AI technology to amplify your EHS program. Um, since, since we initially joined the group, um, you know, Benchmark has already made improvements to their initial version of that AI advisor. Um, they're incorporating real-time feedback from us, the end user, in order to train that advisor and make it smarter and more efficient in predicting um, those potentially serious injuries. And I think it would be neat to see um, another other enhancements in that realm where maybe um, when a user enters a, a case, the AI advisor, for example, knows that we have three other companies that have that same operation or that same piece of equipment, and it could automatically email that group of people and say, hey, site A over here just had a near miss and you have the same equipment here, here's the information instead of um, that user needing to, you know, go do some data mining, it just automatically flags it to them. I think that would be a very, you know, automatic and proactive way to, to, to engage more of our EHS community. Yeah, Jennifer, I, I really agree too with your point on this is a, a journey, not an end point with AI, you know, even going back to what I commented on, on the accuracy level too, it's very much kind of iterative over time. And the idea you just shared now is a great one because that's yet another great example of the evolution or an iteration that the this PSI AI advisor should take as the next step. Um, and, you know, the other things I was thinking about, I mean, in terms of just technology, uh, potential and impact overall. I think for, you know, for ESG, there's a ton of opportunity for sure. 
in all the various areas that I had talked about earlier, whether it's, you know, other AI technology in environmental health and safety, quality, sourcing, sustainability. Um, one of the ones I'm, I'm particularly excited about, Kate had mentioned earlier related to computer vision or being able to take image recognition and software and really hone it to look for um, you know, potential risks or issues um, that, that can, again, help give various teams insights to uh, risks. And you know, one example we're exploring uh, right now in that space is if you think about you know, forklift operations, you know, could you utilize computer vision technology to identify situations of speeding or near misses and collisions and then also look at overall usage profiles for forklifts and think about charting and mapping those four key data points and the types of insights that you could get from that you know do you have a site or a location that has very high usage um, low issues of you know speeding near miss or collisions versus a site that might have very limited usage but they have high rates of speeding um, and that really puts them more at risk for uh, near miss or collisions to occur so i think the 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 power of the insights that this type type of technology brings is really really a, a game changer not only for the environmental health and safety function but I think more broadly for ESG um, and, and that's, you know, supporting operations as well. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where, where we're going to take this and where the industry goes in this space. Yeah, and I think, I think you made a really great point there. It's as, as we advance into AI and machine learning, our analytics are going to get that much uh, more precise and uh, enlightening as well. And it really comes down to combining uh, advanced technologies together. So my favorite example is that, you know, personal computers didn't really take off until Steve Wozniak figured out it was important to add a keyboard and a monitor. And, and we really have seen where that's gone since then. So it's really about, um, you know, combining those technologies together. So when you take something like an AI and combine it with an internet of things, it could really offer some exciting benefits to the EHS industry. For, for example, um, a leader using the PSI AI advisor to understand their most critical risks could recognize that they're at risk for employees being caught in a conveyor, for example, uh, based on you know, their less severe events where employees maybe just had clothing caught or a finger pinched. And they could use that information to train a computer vision technology to recognize when employees are placing their hands on a conveyor. And if that AI is hooked up into their IoT network, it could send a notification to the cell phone or a wearable of that employee involved and act as a, a warning system. And, and, and so, yeah, really the advancement comes where these technologies intersect. And I think in the next few years, we're going to see some really um, promising results. Well, Natasha, Jennifer, Cade, I want to thank you all so much for joining me today. This has been fascinating. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. All right. That wraps up episode 84 of EHS on Tap. Thanks to our sponsor, Benchmark Digital Partners. 
You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at dhsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time. Thank you.